The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast by Fresh FM, with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Hey guys, you're listening to That's Mint on Fresh FM, broadcasting across the top of the south on 104.8 Nelson Tasman, 107.2 Nelson CBD, 88.9 Blenheim, 95.0 Eastern Golden Bay, and streaming to the planet on freshfm.net and the accessmedia.nz app. Hi, yeah, I'm Imogen. And I'm Chia. And today we're going to be talking about third cultured kids and what that means to us. Yeah, so this is a pretty like recent term that we have both learnt. Yeah. Um, It's definitely not something I've heard of before. No, I was like talking to someone about it just the other day and I was like, wow, there's actually really interesting and something that I identify with a lot more than being biracial yeah so Chia and I are both biracial I guess so my dad comes from New Zealand and my mom comes from Jamaica um but I was raised in Samoa and just recently moved back to New Zealand yeah um so biracial is like having two different races brought into one so if you're half half um, and then, like, if you're three different things, you're triracial, um, and et cetera. I am half Venezuelan and half Japanese. My dad's Japanese, my mum's Venezuelan. But I grew up in New Zealand, not in either of my countries from where I am from. Yeah, your ethnicity yeah. countries, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So third culture is, like, a new term, but I really like it. I mm-hmm. think I identify with it a lot more. And the definition of it is... Um, the mixed identity that a child assumes influenced both by their parents' culture and the culture in which they were raised. Yeah. So for you, Imogen, that's yeah. interesting because you were raised in two different cultures. Yeah. You've, like, grown up so far half of your life in... Both, yeah. yeah. So I guess for me, I'm I'm quite... F- far attached from my Jamaican heritage. My mum was raised in England, as a lot of Caribbean people are. So she was, of course, she was raised, like, I guess, within a Caribbean community in England, but still only been to Jamaica once in her life. You know what I mean? And I've never been. I'm going this year. But really? Yeah. Oh, my god! I'm going in a couple of months. I'm really excited. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've been quite far attached from that my whole life. I've only kind of recently started really trying to understand and discover the history behind it. Um, and then, obviously, I was born in New Zealand and my dad's from New Zealand. So, that's... I guess that's the culture that I was raised most by. Like, I guess I was raised inside of a Western household to an extent. And then I moved to Samoa when I was seven years old. And I lived there for five and a half years. And although I went to an international school in Samoa, not like a a public school, (laughs) in that international school, I was influenced by so many different cultures being that 
my teachers all came from different countries. Literally, my friend groups were the craziest friend groups you could imagine. Like, I had a Kyrgyz friend, a Danish friend, a Japanese friend, a half French, half Samoan friend. Like, it was yeah. crazy, you know? So, I guess all of those cultures kind of played an impact in yeah. who I am. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's definitely noticeable. Yeah. Um, like, for me, obviously, it's not as interesting as Imogen's, <laughs> but... Um, I was born in Venezuela and I moved here when I was two um, and I lived in Rotorua for nine months, like nearly a year and I think that for me and my family that was like a really hard time for us like moving from a country that you don't speak English, you speak Spanish, you come here and you have to speak English um, and we all learnt here. I was lucky enough to be really young and I kind of just grew up speaking both Mm. Um, but for my mum it was quite hard although she like had background in speaking in English it wasn't like something she was fluent in yeah. um, but living somewhere like Rotorua everybody was really welcoming and really friendly and we probably made some of our best friends up there mm. um, so yeah that was that was really nice and then we moved to Nelson and that was that had like a really big impact on all of us um because it wasn't as open yeah at the time that I moved here like it's definitely a lot better Rotorua now is definitely bigger and probably at that time more advanced I'm yeah. guessing yeah yeah um and of all places we moved to Richmond as well yeah so at that time um Richmond was very small only starting out um, it was very country-minded, like, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so that, that definitely had a really big impact on the way I was raised and the way my older brother was raised. Um, and it definitely played a big role in the way I am now because yeah. of bullying and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that did definitely toughen... Toughen you up. Yeah, toughen me and my brother up quite a lot. yeah. I remember, this is like really sad, but I remember the day like exactly when I kind of realized. So because I was so small when I moved to Samoa from New Zealand, I don't know. I just, there were things like now I think back on it. There were so many things that I could have gotten so angry about and heard about. And I feel like I never did. And then in Samoa, my school is just so mixed that, like, I guess Samoans were racist to me, mm. but I was the same color as them. Sometimes if I had my hair, like, really tied back, I could potentially pass as one. Yeah. People were more racist to my mom. Yeah. Um, being black. Um, like, even though... It's still kind of that thing of, like, the paler people yeah. are superior to yeah. the darker-skinned people. I think that's the same in, like, most Asian countries Yeah, yeah, as well. I was about to say that, yeah, definitely in a lot of Asian countries it is, like... The lighter skin. Yeah. The, yeah. And a lot of Samoan or wealthy Samoans have Fijian nannies yeah. or, like, uh, nannies, who, nannies who are Melanesian. So a lot of people thought that my mom was my nanny a lot of the time. And we also were in the expat community in Samoa where a lot of the people we were spending time with were uh, like high commissioners and government workers from Australia and New Zealand. And sometimes 
they were a little bit ignorant to us yep. as well. Yeah, so that was hard, but a lot of the time I would always just think, oh, well, when I go back to New Zealand, because to me, in Samoa, New Zealand was my home. Like, mm-hmm. New Zealand was the place that I belonged, and I think that was somewhat due to me being so young when I left, seeing that my sister was like, nah, New Zealand's not my home. Nah, like, she knew the sure. whole time. She was like, oh, Imogen, why are you so excited? It's going to be horrible when we go back there. Yeah. And I was so excited. I was like... I knew that no one looked like me, but I just thought that I would be completely accepted there being in, yeah, like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also being half Kiwi. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, th- they're my people because I was yeah. raised in a place where Taiwan people were each other's people and exactly. I was an outsider. No, and that's how I feel now. Like, yeah. this this isn't my people. Yeah. I've grown up and I sound like them, I act like them, but reality is I'm not one of them at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so for you, that must have been hard, especially because this, like, they are your people. (laughs) But you don't feel like they are your people because you're mixed. Yeah, that's the worst part. I was so excited to come back. And I remember I arrived back home and I was walking down the street and I was like, people are still turning and looking at me in their cars. Like, they're still turning their heads and Mm -hmm. looking at me and my mum. What the hell? You know what I mean? I was like, these this is supposed to be my home. This is supposed to be where I come from. Exactly. And to like come back and be rejected, I was kind of just like, oh, like, oh. Yeah. What am I supposed to do now, you know? No, I so get that. Yeah. yeah. Have you been back to Venezuela? No. Mm. I've been back to Japan. Yeah. And I'm going to Japan at the end of this year. Yeah. But I haven't been back to Venezuela just because of the state the country is in. Yeah. It's definitely not safe for us to go traveling, yeah. especially because um, my stepfather, he is Kiwi. Yeah. Um, and in a place like Venezuela, in the state it is right now, I feel like if people were to see him, or even my little brothers who are half Kiwi, um, if they saw them, they would immediately think that they have money because they're yeah. white with blue eyes, blonde hair. And for us, it's like, oh, someone of money. So they would be in danger. Yeah. And honestly, I think my mum doesn't want to go back and like ruin all the lovely memories that she has there. There. Because we moved before it turned really bad. Like she yeah. just had that gut feeling, you know. Um, so I don't think she wants to go back to like ruin those memories. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when we're going back to Jamaica, there's a part of me that's so scared mm. because I was so disappointed coming to New Zealand, you know? Yeah. And, like, Jamaica's kind of my, like, one hope that mm-hmm. I belong somewhere and I know that I'm not going to belong. How can I? Yeah. I don't fully understand. Like, the only thing I have of Jamaican culture is probably the food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... There's no Jamaican community in New Zealand that I can no, reflect with. No, like, for sure. I went to see the One Love Bob Marley yeah. movie in the cinemas, and that was kind of the first time I had ever seen Jamaica. Yeah. Like, I had ever seen it not, like, in little tourist videos that my no, mom would show sure. me and stuff, you know? And even though that's, like, what, a couple of, like, 40 years ago? Yeah. Something like that. I was just like, whoa, I come from that place, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't come from there. My yeah. mom doesn't say that she and comes from there. I feel like it's also 
because you're half, mm. it's like that was the other thing that you're like too light. Yeah, you know? I'm a. The Jamaicans will call me a yellow skin. My yeah. my grandma always says, "Oh, when they go to Jam- when you go to Jamaica, they're all gonna be like, oh, beautiful yellow skin." And I'm yeah. like, oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the same in Japan though. Um, I get called a halfy, um, especially by my is by my grandma as well, and like my family, yeah. they call me and my brothers halfies mm. because we're half, and it's like, oh yeah. Thanks. And we don't understand. Like, that's the same thing. Like, I'm very in touch with my Venezuelan culture, um, especially now that there's a much bigger Latino community. Um, I feel, like, a lot more connected to my roots, and we have a lot more Venezuelan friends here in Nelson now, like, before it used to be just us from yeah. Venezuela. Um, but now we actually have quite a few friends and it's really nice to hear stories about my mum's friends from when they were younger and like talking to me about it. And I feel like I feel connected to it, but I don't because I know that my Spanish isn't like the way it should sound if I grew up there, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I know what you mean. Yeah. There's a part of me that's so jealous of people with communities and it's such a horrible thing to say because I'm so glad that people have communities here in New Zealand but sometimes I just see people with like groups of people who are even if it's speaking in English but just like connected yeah knowing that you guys have experienced the same thing and I think that's why I'm so close with my sister because it's like that is your community. She's the only person that's yeah, even nearly the same as me. Yeah, you know, so for sure. No, and I definitely feel like no matter how much I hang out with like the Latinos, like especially the Colombian students. Yeah, I will always feel like an outsider mm. because I'm not one of them. Yeah, and they'll make fun of me because I'm lighter than them. Yeah, and my Spanish isn't like I speak like an adult not yeah. like a teenager because yeah. I've grown up speaking with adults. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, definitely get where you're coming from with that because it's, yeah. It's hard. It is. It's really hard. There was a quote that Avalon read me in one of her books and it was it said something like, I can't remember exactly, but it was like, if you ask any biracial kid, they're going to say that being biracial doesn't mean you're two parts of something it means you're two parts of nothing like you're two parts of something that equals no culture yeah no identity no that's so true yeah you just kind of are there yeah and I think that's why I click really well with you and Avalon as well because like in a way although we haven't experienced the same things we kind of have at the same time like that feeling of not knowing where you belong yeah I remember the day I realized that you were like that. It was on one of the radio shows and we just mentioned something. And then I went into my sister's room later and I was like, Chia gets it, Avalon. And Avalon was like, what are you talking about? I was like, Chia gets it. And she was like, Chia gets it. And we were just sitting there like, huh? Yeah, no. And I definitely, definitely do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I can't share that same feeling with my little brothers because... They were born and raised here. They're yeah. half Kiwi. 
and half Venezuelan, so it's like they kind of just don't acknowledge their Venezuelan culture. Yeah. Because of how strong the, the like, Kiwis. influence from the Kiwi culture is. And also, your brothers, they don't have the thing of looking different. Yeah. Them. No, that's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing as well. Like, I remember in primary school, I used to get made fun of for, like, the lunch I'd take to school. Mm. But now, when my little brothers take the exact same thing as what I take or took when I was their age, all the teachers would be like, oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. And I'd be like, but I took that, like, five years ago, and I didn't get a reaction like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's third generation, but then there's also – I mean, not third generation, third cultured kids. But then there's also – that layer of, I guess, colorism mixed yeah, in with that. For sure. You know, like, if my mom was white Jamaican, mm. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. No, for sure. Because I probably wouldn't even acknowledge it because I would be accepted in New Zealand yep. to an extent, you know? Something I thought that was really interesting that you mentioned was like family yeah family is such a hard thing for biracial kids and I think that's something you don't really understand my friend she came to New Zealand recently and for the first time and she met some of her family and she's like I don't understand why you complain Imogen it's so easy to click with your family you just like like that and (sighs) you're you're with them and I was like except I'm so different to both sides of my family yeah no, I definitely get that. Yeah, like half of my family is black and I'm mixed to yep. them. I'm a New Zealander to them. Yeah. And then the other half of my family is white and call me their Negro grandchildren. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and like, of course I don't fit in with that. I'm just different to them. Yeah. And I also, they all live in one town together and I'm yeah, I'm apart from both sides, and so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> no, it is tough. It definitely is tough. Um, yeah, I feel like there are some negatives to it, but there are definitely positives that overcome them in a way. Mm. Um, but I guess we can talk about that after we listen to a beautiful song, Imogen Dionne. Introduce it for me. It's called Laka Laka by Tilaka Tivaka. And it's um, yeah, a song that most Samoan kids would like learn how to do traditional dance with this song. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. So we will play that for you guys now. <laughs> Ma 
Hey guys, you're back with That's Mint uh, before this beautiful song called Laka Laka. We were talking about being third cultured kids. Yeah, and kind of the negative sides of it and how it can sometimes affect you and the difficulties, I guess. Yeah, and how much of that has like made us the way we are, if that makes sense, like impacted us with the way we are. But now we're going to get into some positives. Of course. Yeah, some reasons why we're grateful for being this beautiful mix of ethnic. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, definitely the thought that I can identify, whether I can relate to it, like if I can relate to my culture itself or not, I can still identify as these two beautiful, completely different cultures yeah um and i mean there's such a big difference between venezuelan and japanese yeah like it's opposite sides of the spectrum you've got like chaotic crazy fun really out there vibes from venezuela and then you have like the proper polite perfectionist sort of style from japan and i mean that definitely has made an impact on the way that I am um and you can definitely see it in my work like for example with art at school there is like a really messy side to it but like there is definitely something really tidy that pulls it in all together yeah um so I definitely definitely love that and being able to incorporate my culture into my work yeah, I like love, I if love you become a fashion designer, yeah. your line <laughs> will literally be incredible. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> um, but no, I think, yeah, I think it's really great having something really, really different to each other. And it's the same with Kiwi and Jamaican. Like, I feel like it is yeah. very different. Yeah, they are quite different. I mean, I yeah. can't really talk on behalf yeah. of Jamaican culture because they don't really fully understand it but I can definitely talk on behalf of Kiwi culture and I mean and Samoan culture yeah very different and um, between my Jamaican family and my Kiwi family my Jamaican family is absolutely insane I don't even know what's going on there like the family tree lines and everything crazy yeah and then, it's very chaotic yes so yeah. chaotic and then my dad's side is very stuck standard mm-hmm. you know uh everyone meets on christmas at my grandparents house yeah. and there's baking and you know all the rest yeah. of it yeah so that's that's pretty cool i love that i can like whenever i try and get into if that would be mint or the student council i love that i can always say that i can sympathize with so yeah. many different people yeah no for sure like i can stand by the polynesian girls as i've lived in polynesia and i can understand the perspective of pakeha kiwis because half of my family is pakeha and then also as a black person i can see it yeah as a person of color yeah yeah no and there's definitely something else like even though it's not really a culture necessarily identifying as a person of color like I love being able to connect with people because we look different. Yeah, like the looks, you know, when you're walking down the street (laughs) and you see another person of colour and you guys kind of just go, "Mm," to each other. Or like, as soon as you start talking about it, you immediately know what that person is going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Because you just, 
you've experienced the same thing. Yeah, like I've made friends because I'm sitting at the bus stop and another person of colour walks past and just sits next to me and is like, hi. I'm like, hi. (laughs) I know why you're talking to me. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm so, I love that. Like um, yesterday I went to Cultural Conversations and I was there with all of the Afro-Colombians and they were braiding my hair and all talking in Spanish. But I was just like, I left that and I was like, I love being a person of color. Like, yeah. I love having, like, like just being able to share these ideas with people, even if we are speaking two different yeah. languages. Like, no, for sure. The beauty of hair braiding. Like, yeah. I'm so grateful that I can be a part of that. Yeah. And, like, connect with that. For you know? sure. And your hair does look amazing. <laughs> Thank it looks you. so good. But I'm just so proud of that. I love that I can speak on behalf of so many different ethnic groups yeah and I think something great especially for us too yeah um like you and I we're definitely very and Avalon and Esther we're very like what's the word I'm looking for like we're very solid with our roots like yeah with who we are we love being who we are it's probably it's a thing that makes me me like I was talking to some of the chin community about that today Mm -hmm. and I was like I think what people don't understand fully is that, like, our culture is our identity. Yeah, for sure. It's the basis of every conversation I have is, like, this is who I am. Yeah. And those countries and these experiences have made me that, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, in a world of rainbows and butterflies, we wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. But... In reality, we do, and I don't mind it. I love being able to, like, identify with it and say, yes, like, when I introduce myself, Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I'm half this, half that, and actually make friends from it as well. Yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah. There was this book that my sister was reading, and in it, the boy, he was talking about how Cultural appropriation is some like a big topic that everyone is having. What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Who's being like, uh, who's appropriating this culture mm-hmm. and that? And he was kind of saying like, well, at the end of the day, biracial kids, third culture kids, do not belong in a world where cultural appropriation is perfect. Yep. Like in a world where no one is appropriating any kind of culture where no one gets mad about anyone else stealing or taking or using other people's identities, I don't exist. No, that's so true. Yeah, I don't exist. Because we're not full. Anything. No. (laughs) Like, someone could say, I was stealing their culture because I'm dressed in a pulutasi and wearing an ear to the beach, you know? Or a Jamaican could say that I'm not, uh, that I'm using a cultural appropriation because I have my hair in cornrow because I'm not fully black. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't exist in that kind of a world. And I I found that a really interesting approach to cultural appropriation. Yeah. I've just... I've n- never actually never thought about that. That's so true. If cultural appropriation wasn't a thing, we wouldn't have something to identify with. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just wouldn't exist in that world. Yeah. No, that's so true. So, yeah. It's just crazy. It blows my mind whenever I think about it. Yeah. But then again, I feel like if cultural appropriation wasn't a thing, it would just be that kind of thing where everybody just respects everyone and... Hmm. 
like you acknowledge and you educate yourself about the culture rather than steal from it, if that makes sense. What if cultural appropriation was never a thing? Our world would be crazy different. Yeah. (laughs) So many things would be different. Like, think about how many cultures are influenced by each other. But I also think that's just the way that humans work. We... We influence each other and, and we, we take from and we, that. Yeah, we piggyback, we use, off, we each piggyback off each other. Even yeah. if that's in schoolwork, being like, oh, I have this idea. And then other people hearing it and being yeah. like, oh, I'll use I that idea, idea too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Everything is kind of, in a way, used and taken from each other. There's, there's really any kind of a way where we're completely creating, creating something of our own. It's always like ingenuity you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. No, I do know what you mean yeah yeah but no definitely where everybody just respects everyone and mm. like you acknowledge and you educate yourself about the culture rather than steal from it if that makes sense what if cultural appropriation was never a thing our world would be crazy different like, yeah so many things would be different. Like, think about how many cultures are influenced by each other. But I also think that's just the way that humans work. We we influence each other and, and we, we take from and we, that. Yeah, we and piggyback, we use, off, we each piggyback other. off each other. Even yeah. if that's in schoolwork, being like, oh, I have this idea. And then other people hearing it and being yeah. like, oh, I'll use I that idea too. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Everything is kind of, in a way, used and taken from each other. There's... There's really any kind of a way where we're completely creating creating something of our own. It's always, like, ingenuity, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I do know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But no, definitely, I definitely do love being a mixed kid. Yeah. Um, it's quite beautiful. It is. People think you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh, I wonder what you are. Yeah. Like, what? what are you? Go for it. Give it a, <laughs> Give it your best shot. <laughs> I bet you're going to get it wrong. <laughs> but it is It is definitely something else. Um, but no, I definitely love love being able to, to identify with both cultures. Yeah. There are other struggles, but... Yeah. At the end of the day... You just have to be proud about what you are. Yeah, exactly. And try and appreciate it, identify it. Yeah, exactly. Educate yourself about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was quite a dense episode. But it was good. It was like a nice debrief. Yeah. Like it was a good way to start the the year of that cement. Um, so excited we'll see what's to come i know we've got lots of brainstorming ideas happening for other episodes and hey if anyone's listening any youths are listening and you kind of get where imogen and i are coming from uh multicultural youth nurse in tasman is always open yeah Um, the office is always welcome and the youth group that we are a part of um we are always there with open arms ready to accept anyone who feels the same way or wants to join something even if you don't come from somewhere else and you are kiwi you are more than welcome to join and learn and educate yourself if that's what you're interested in doing we'd love to have you yeah we're so chill and it's just so fun it is so fun it's like a safe place definitely a safe place um and if anybody is 
interested, you can message us on Instagram through Multicultural Youth Nas in Tasman. Um, or you could email us or anything like that. And that is all on our profile on Instagram. Yeah, we would love to see you there. And yeah. Thanks I for listening. That's a great episode. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. Bye. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show. First broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.